I will never forget the most impactful lesson I learned in business. If you'd been standing in my office that day, you may have actually seen the light bulb blink into existence over my head. That's really how dramatic this moment was for me. And here's how it happened. At the time, I was working for a business coach. She sold a high ticket coaching program for like $8,000 and she had this really well-oiled marketing machine that continually brought in new leads through an evergreen webinar and a series of Facebook ads. Now I wasn't involved in the marketing side of her business. I was in operations. I built landing pages and I worked with website designers and I managed her membership site. I knew she ran Facebook ads, but I didn't have anything to do with creating or managing them in any way. But at one point, she asked me to take over the tracking of her ads results. So that meant logging into her ads account every day and recording how much money was spent, how many people signed up for the webinar, how many sales calls were booked, and how many sales were ultimately made. She had a complicated spreadsheet where all I had to do was kind of fill in a couple of numbers and the formulas calculated out her cost per sale. And that cost per sale was then calculated into her profit and loss statements to make sure that she was making a profit from her ad spend. But that wasn't the aha moment for me. That moment came when I realized that she could pretty accurately predict how many sales she would make based just on how much money she spent on her ads. In other words, and I'm going to make up these numbers here because I don't remember the exact details, but based on her history of running that webinar, she knew that for every 20 people who watched it, one person would buy. So she needed to get 20 people to sign up for the webinar to make a single sale. Then she could look at her Facebook ads and say, okay, how many ad impressions do I need to make to get that 20 signups? Maybe that number was 100 impressions. This was the first time that I ever really clearly saw the connection between traffic and sales. And it might sound really basic now. I mean, come on, Cindy, of course there's a connection between traffic and sales. More traffic means more eyes on your offer. More eyes on your offer leads to more sales, right? That feels like it's just common sense at this point. But the light bulb moment for me was recognizing that we as marketers, or in this case, my client, have complete control over that traffic. We control the levers that drive more or fewer people to our offers. We control that flow. We just have to know which levers to tweak. This is episode 98 of the Tiny Course Empire podcast. And today we're going to talk about what this means for email marketers like you and I. We're going to take a look at the levers that you can tweak, how to know what's working, and what to do to make improvements when it's not. Welcome to the Tiny Course Empire podcast, a weekly show dedicated to helping you launch and grow your digital course business, even if you don't have a big team or a six-figure ads budget. We'll help you design smart systems, take consistent action, and achieve massive success on your own terms. Now, here's your host, Cindy Bedar. Hey, it's Cindy, and thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with me. You'll find the show notes and the recommended resources for this episode at tinycourseempire.com forward slash 98. While you're there, be sure to download the online business roadmap. This step-by-step -step plan will show you exactly what to focus on during this phase of your business, whether you're just starting out or you're ready to scale. 
This is lesson eight of the online business roadmap series, and I'll have links to all of the other episodes in the show notes in case you missed any of them or in case this is the first time you're listening. And if that's the case, welcome. We're glad to have you. Throughout this series, we've been focusing on one system per week to help you build and grow your online business. In the first phase, we covered the building of a simple business model from content marketing to email list building to product creation and sales. Those are the big three systems, big three things that you need. They're the foundation of every successful product-based business. Then in phase two, which is where we're at right now, we're focusing on improving and scaling what you have created. We're taking your efforts and dialing them up just a notch so that you can attract a wider audience, so you can gain more email subscribers, and so you can make more sales. This week, we're turning all of our efforts into improving your email, and there are three main things I want you to think about here. We're going to take a look at your opt-in conversion rates, your email open rates, and your email click rates. And if all of that sounds like math and spreadsheets and boring as heck, don't worry, I'm going to make it really easy. And I think once you see how powerful this can be, you'll be as excited as I was on that long ago day when I first saw my client's ad tracker in action. Okay, so the first thing that we want to take a look at is your opt-in conversion rates. This is the percentage of people who visit your opt-in page or who see your opt-in form and who then go on to subscribe to your email list. So for example, if 100 people visit your opt-in page and 29 of them opt in for your lead magnet, then that page has a 29% conversion rate. To calculate this, all you have to do is divide the number of subscribers by the number of page visitors and multiply by 100. Most page or form builders make this calculation for you, so you don't even need to worry about how to figure it all out. Just look for your conversion rate statistics in your page or your form builder. And before you ask, I can't tell you what your conversion rate should be. No one can give you that number. I also can't tell you what your open or click rates should be. There's too much variation between industries and markets. So instead of asking what your conversion rates should be and aiming for some number that may or may not even be realistic for you, what I want you to focus on is just improving your numbers month over month. In other words, you're going to look at your conversion rates today and ask yourself, how can I improve that by 1%? So the first thing you're going to do is make a note of what your conversion rate is today. Make a note of it. You don't have to use a fancy spreadsheet, although you can if that makes you happy, but just write it down somewhere. That number is your baseline. That's where you're starting from. Then the next thing you're going to think about is how you might improve that number. For a landing page or an opt-in form, there are just a few things that you can change. You probably have a headline, maybe a short description or a few bullet points. Maybe you have an image of some kind and a button with a call to action. All of those things can have an impact on your overall conversion rate. And when I say impact, it can go either way. You might find that you, if you change your headline, your conversion rate drops. Obviously, that's going the wrong way. We don't want that. So here's the basic idea. You're going to make a change to just one thing on your page or your form, and then you're going to send some traffic to that form or that page, and then you're going to compare the new conversion rate to the old one. If the new rate is better, you keep the change. If the old rate is better, you roll it back and try something different. 
and you move on to the next thing. Here's an example. Maybe the first thing you try is changing up the headline. Let's say you change that and your conversion rate ticks up a little bit. That's good. Keep the new headline. Now what else can you try? Maybe you change the call to action on the button. Instead of saying subscribe now, maybe you make it say download now. Come back in a few days and see how that performed. Did it increase your conversions? If it did, keep the change. If it didn't, roll it back and try something different. This is really basic split testing in action, and it can work on anything in your business. You can split test sales pages and emails and ads and even pricing or product offers. There are tools out there that will let you automate your split tests too. You can set up two different versions of your opt-in page, and these tools will automatically divert half of your traffic to one page and half of your traffic to the other page and then tell you which one performed better. That's kind of a more advanced technique, and you can certainly try that if you have the tools available to you and if you're excited to learn how to use them, but you can also keep it as simple as I've described here. Just make a change to your form or your page, then come back after a few days or weeks, after a few dozen or maybe a hundred or more people have had a chance to see the change and see what difference it made, if any. This kind of systematic approach to improving your opt-in conversions is going to help you grow your list faster with less effort on your part. But what about after somebody is already on your mailing list? How can you improve the results that you're seeing there? There's two things you can improve in your email marketing, starting with getting more people to open your email. That's what subject lines are all about. It's all dependent on the subject line that you use. Now, before we dig too far into what goes into a good subject line and how to improve yours, you have to know one thing. Your email subject line's job is to get people to open your email and maybe even more importantly, open rates are notoriously inaccurate. We cannot know exactly how many people open an email. There's two reasons for that. First, because of the way email open rates are tracked, which is with a tiny little pixel, and not all email clients will report that that pixel has fired or been shown. So they've always been somewhat inaccurate in that way. But the second reason that open rates are impossible to track has to do with privacy. And this is a more recent change. So for example, on mobile devices, your iPhone or your Android, they will not accurately report on open rates and they do that deliberately to protect the privacy of their users. They do not want email senders to have this information, so they obscure it on purpose. So with that in mind, why would you even bother to improve your open rates? What's the point? To my way of thinking, just like with opt-in conversion rates, even though I know my open rate numbers are not 100% accurate, they are still useful for monitoring trends. In other words, if I know that my reported open rate is typically 33% and I see a sudden drop down to 27%, then I know something's wrong. I can be sure that neither the 33% or the 27% is an absolute number, but I'm also pretty confident that their relativity is consistent. In other words, I'm always seeing a 33% open rate. That is a consistent number in my email marketing platform. So a sudden drop can be paid attention to 
if only to look for that trend. So just like with your opt-in conversion rates, no one can tell you what number you should be aiming for. I'm not telling you that you should be aiming for a 33% open rate. I don't know that that is true, but you can and should aim to improve on your baseline numbers. Oh, one other thing you should know about open rates. The larger your list is, the lower your open rates are likely to be. I don't know exactly why that happens, but I've worked with enough clients and to have seen a definite trend in that direction. Clients who had a 25% open rate when they had 10,000 subscribers would see that open rate drop to 15% or less when their list grew to 30,000 subscribers. So again, I don't know why that happens, but I've seen the same thing happen in my own business. So I know it to be true. When I had a thousand people on my list, my open rates were in the 40% range. With 8,000 subscribers, those rates dropped to close to 30. So just be aware of that. But with that out of the way, what can you do to manipulate or to improve your open rates? Well, like I said, it comes down to your subject line. That is the one thing that drives your open rates. And when it comes to, to that, you can test it just like you do with your opt-in form. You can do this in a couple of different ways. I prefer the easy version myself, but there's a more complicated version you can use as well. But I like to just test subject line formats just to see which ones my subscribers are most likely to respond to. For example, if I'm sending an email promoting, promoting six-figure systems, I might write a subject line that says something like, big changes coming to six-figure systems. That's a pretty direct subject line, and it's one I actually sent this week. If you are on my email list, you can go back and find that. It tells the readers that there is something inside that email about six-figure systems and that there's a change coming. It's very direct. If they are interested in knowing what that change is, if they're interested in six-figure systems, they're probably going to open the email. That's pretty straightforward. But I could have also used something a little bit more intriguing. I could have said something like, unlock your VIP upgrade. That's a more curious subject line. It's one that might have readers wondering exactly what I'm talking about, and one that might have them curious enough to open it up just to see even if they're not interested in six-figure systems at all, because I'm not mentioning six-figure systems in that subject line, so they really don't know what, that, what the email is about. They just know that it's about a VIP upgrade of some kind. And yes, to answer your question, those curiosity-sparking subject lines do get a slightly higher open rate than their more straightforward cousins, at least in my mailing list, they do. So I like to switch it up from time to time. There are other things that you can try as well. You can add emojis to your subject line, or you can add brackets to call out important information. You want to use a little bit of caution here, though, because excessive punctuation and emojis can cause your email to land in the spam folder, and then you're not going to get the open rates up at all. In fact, it's going to have the opposite effect. If you simply want to have some fun and see what your audience responds to, I recommend this kind of subject line testing. This is what I most often do. And after all, we already know that open rates are pretty inaccurate. So spending a whole lot of time on it might not make sense to you anyway. On the other hand, if you like data and you like more structured testing and you want to be super accurate, then another thing that you can do is a proper split test. Most email systems have this process built in. So you'll want to check your documentation for the exact steps to follow. But here's how it works in ActiveCampaign. 
When I go into schedule an email, I can choose split test from the email options, from the email types, right? I can then tell ActiveCampaign that I want to test just the subject line. You can also set up a completely different email, but here we're just talking about subject lines. So I tell ActiveCampaign I want to test my subject line. I write my email, then I create two different subject lines, and I tell ActiveCampaign that I want to send one subject line to 50% of my subscribers and the other subject line to the remaining 50%. Then I can come back later and I can see the results and ActiveCampaign will tell me what the open rates were for each subject line. In ConvertKit and some other systems, this works a little bit differently. You set up two different subject lines and then ConvertKit sends both out to a portion of your subscribers only. I think it's like 20% of your subscribers who get this first round of split tested emails. Then a few hours later, ConvertKit will look at the results automatically and send the winning subject line out to the rest of your list. The benefit of this type of split testing is that you're sending out your best subject line to the majority of your subscribers, so it's a bigger boost to your open rates. The downside is that it takes several hours for all of your emails to be sent out. And given that open rates are so ambiguous anyway, I don't find a lot of benefit in this more automated setup. Instead, I focus on playing with the format and trying to write subject lines that I know will appeal to my audience based on what's worked well in the past. And I can't move on to click-through rates, which we're going to talk about next, without also mentioning that your open rates are very dependent on how your email platform is set up. So if your emails are going to a spam folder, for example, they're probably not going to get open. Or if they are not being delivered at all, if your deliverability rates are really low, then they're not going to get opened, obviously, if they're not even landing in people's inboxes. So before you go playing with subject lines, you want to make sure that your deliverability is as good as possible. And to do that, you need to work with your email platform. You need to work with the team at ActiveCampaign or at ConvertKit or at MailerLite or wherever you're mailing from. Work with that team, follow their advice to make sure that your deliverability rate is as high as possible. That's probably the most important thing that you can do to impact your open rates. After that, then you can start playing with subject lines. Then the last piece of the email improvement puzzle is all about your click-through rates. Click-through rates are the percentage of people who receive your email and who actually click a link, most often to a sales page. The reason this matters is because the more people who see your sales page, the more sales you're likely to make. Just like my client with her Facebook ads, this is a numbers game. You want to get as many eyes on your sales page as possible. And for email marketers, that means asking people to click a link in your emails. Just like with opt-in rates and open rates, there's no gold standard for click-through rates. Your goal is to simply improve upon your baseline. But unlike open rates, click-through rates are much more accurate because of the way that they're tracked. If your email system says that 4% of your subscribers clicked that link, you can be pretty sure that 4% is true. So how do you improve your click-through rates though? By changing up how you link to your offers. You might try adding a button to your email instead of a simple link, or you might add a graphic or a photo of some kind or a video thumbnail, 
or you can change the words you use in your call to action. You can change the location of the call to action, maybe move it from the end of the email to the top, for example. Every audience, every industry, every email marketer is going to have their preferences and the things that they respond to best. As the business owner, it is your job to find that sweet spot. That's what testing is all about. Don't be afraid to play with different ideas. Maybe try using a GIF in your email or a GIF or however you say it. Maybe try making your links bold instead of regular text. Maybe try making them different colors or fonts or sizes. Your email system might offer you the ability to split test your links as well. And if they do, you can play with that. What I most often do is include two or three different types of links in a single email. Maybe I'll have a button and a graphic and a link in the PS, and then I look to see which of those got the most clicks. It's a very simple system for testing, but it works for me. So again, I'm not being super scientific with it, but I am paying attention. And really, that's what I want you to take away from this episode. These numbers matter to your business and changing them will change the amount of money you earn. Just like my client with her webinar and her Facebook ads could dial up her ad spend and know exactly how that would impact her sales, you can do the same thing by watching your numbers and not just in email marketing, but you can predict how many sales you're going to make if you know your click-through rate and you know your sales page conversion rate. You can know how many new email subscribers you'll add if you know what your opt-in conversion rate is and how much traffic you can send. And more importantly, you have the power to improve those numbers, not by working harder, not by spending more time at your desk, not by spending more money or hiring a team. You can increase your earnings just by improving things like your open rates and your click-through rates. And that starts by just paying attention to what they are and what changes impact those numbers. Look at what works and at what increases the engagement with your audience and then do more of that and do it better and your business will grow in a very predictable way. Now, I would love to hear from you. Come over to tinycourseempire.com forward slash 98 and leave me a comment. Tell me what you're going to do to improve your email marketing results. Will you boost your opt-in rates? Will you play with your open rates? Will you focus on click-throughs? Or maybe you'll take a look at all three. Or maybe you're just getting started and you didn't even know this was possible. Maybe your action step for this episode of the podcast is just to go into your email platform and find out where these numbers are. Wherever you are at in the process, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about your results. And could you do me a favor? If you have a friend or a colleague who could use business building advice like this, would you share the link with them as well? It's a great way to grow our audience, and I'd really appreciate your support. All the episodes can be found at tinycourseempire.com. That's it for me this week. I will be back next week with my best advice for improving your product offers to serve your customers better. Have a terrific rest of your day and I will talk to you all again next week. If you like what you hear on the Tiny Course Empire podcast, you're going to love all of the courses and workshops and support you'll find inside Six Figure Systems. That's my monthly program where we dig into online marketing for regular people like you and me. We don't do big launches, we don't have the big headaches, and we don't have the big expenses that come with them. 
Instead, we focus on creating repeatable, sustainable systems that continue to grow over time and that don't suck up all of our energy or require a 10-person team to manage. You can come see what we're all about at sixfiguresystems.com, and I'll see you on the inside.